You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, and it is powered by Blue Wire Pods. And I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest. He is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, when last we left our passionate and dedicated community, it was on the eve of the deadline day, and literally as we were kind of winding down the pods, some of the cuts started coming through. They got an early jump on a Monday night, but Tuesday, of course, was the um, avalanche of roster moves. Broncos got down to 53, cut a few familiar faces, made a couple of trades, and then we wake up today, and of course, they're exploiting the waiver wire. Yep. Because we titled this gut reaction, tell everybody so far what your gut reaction is is to how George Payton has maneuvered the roster personnel moves in the last 48 hours. Well, to me, there haven't been too many surprises. I think yesterday the biggest surprise was a non-cut or, you know, it was a trade of Trinity Benson. I I was really surprised they went with only five starting out initially. I I figured they would cut Tyree Cleveland. I figured they would trim down Kendall Hinton. But to not keep Trinity Benson around – This might be overreacting, this might be hyperbole, but that's the type of guy, at least what he showed in the preseason, who can win you a football game, Chad. He can get open deep. He can split the offense wide open and connect on a deep ball with his quarterback. And I just think that's more important than having a fifth and seventh round draft pick next year. As much as George Payton loves value in the draft, I understand that. I was just surprised given the work he's put in and and the ability he showed, not just with Locke, who has a strong arm, but with Ted, Teddy Bridgewater as well, he had a good connection. So I was really surprised by the Benson trade. Um, overall, though, I mean, I'm glad that Andre Mintz kept the Broncos, uh, well, 17 out of 18 years, I believe it is. Undrafted free agent makes the final roster. I mean, that outside linebacking core is deep. Um, a couple other moves. They brought back Cameron Fleming today. That was surprising in the sense that I don't really understand that. I'm with you. Yeah, I don't really get it. I understand he's a warm body, but you have Calvin Anderson. You have a couple guys along the offensive line that can kick out to tackle. I just think he's a waste of space. They brought back Shamar Steven, though, along with Cameron Fleming. I thought that was a pretty good deal. He'll back up Deshaun Williams, McKelvin Najim, and Mike Purcell. Overall, though, I mean, it, it was really cut and dry, no pun intended, to get down to 53. I understand uh, they picked up a new running back today, and they got rid of Royce Freeman. Nate McCrary is the Broncos running back they picked up, undrafted guy out of Saginaw Valley State. Not exactly a big program, but the way I scouted him in my brief scouting experience with Nate McCrary today, writing up the article for MHH.com, he's like Royce Freeman, just a little quicker. So I think if you can have that guy behind Mike Boone when he comes back, behind Javante Williams, behind Melvin Gordon, not bad for a fourth option. I like, though, I'll wrap this up uh, right now with my thoughts, Chad. I do like how Peyton is managing. It's interesting how he's managing his first Broncos draft, uh, his first Broncos uh, cutdowns, excuse me, and the way he's manipulated the roster rules and eligibility, getting back guys the day after. You know, I like his thriftiness, but overall I really can't. Pick a knit too much with the 53. Yeah, McCrary, who was 
signed with Baltimore as a college free agent. He's six foot, 213 pounds. So he's a little bit tall for a back, but he's thick. You know, he's got, he's got some LBs on his, on his bones and uh, yeah, SVSU. I mean, nothing really to uh, write home about in terms of his college production. Uh, and then of course, Ford four year uh, is a fourth year player, pardon out of uh, Southeast Missouri Spent his first three seasons in the league with Detroit as a after signing as a college free agent in 2018. Played in 33 games with the Lions with seven starts. So yeah, they uh, they felt like that was an upgrade over the last two guys on their roster, which apparently they viewed as Royce Freeman and Jonathan Harris. And Jonathan Harris, you know, he was a guy. A lot of Broncos fans are going, "Who? Jonathan? Who?" Not Jonathan Cooper. That's the rookie fifth-round pick, sensational pass rusher we saw in the preseason. Jonathan Harris is an old kind of Fangio acolyte from Chicago. In fact, I'm not even certain he played under Fangio in Chicago, but some of Fangio's contacts and people that were still in the Windy City when he left to take the head coaching job, I think, put a put a bird in his ear, a bug in his ear, pardon me, about Harris. Broncos signed him as a kind of futures guy. And I don't even remember the reason, Zach. It was like an illness slash he got a really weird season ending designation last year missed the whole year and Michaela jumping in the Duchess of MHA wow. with a very generous super Thank you. Uh, love you good to see you she says I'm sad to see Trinity Benson go but I am happy for him he can now be a wide receiver two or three instead of a wide receiver five Zach very true because the upshot and this was something that George Payton addressed yesterday uh, was that, hey, look, we like Trinity, and kudos to Zach Azani. Zach Azani got a ton of props from uh, George Payton yesterday, by the way. Anyway, well great coach. He wasn't going to see the field barring some serious injuries. So, yeah, this is a great, great opportunity for Benson. I don't know that he's going to definitely start, though. I'd have to get up to date with the Lions depth chart. I know they have a couple receivers out there they're pretty high on. He'll, he'll get a better opportunity for sure, but I just think he better serve the Broncos in his role. He was stepping up to be almost like a light KJ Hamler light version, and you can never have too many of those guys. They've been begging for juice on offense for years and years and years, and he came out of nowhere. I just thought he had... Uh, a great shot sticking this year with the Broncos. I, I understand Peyton's rationale for the trade, which was he has a lot of confidence in the remaining receivers, the big four. I understand that. But he also lumped in Deontay Spencer in there. And when you compare the two, Deontay and Trinity Benson, Trinity craps all over Deontay as a wide receiver. And you know what? In his limited opportunity in the preseason, Trinity wasn't that much worse than Deontay Spencer as a punt returner. So I, again, would have... Killed two birds with one stone, kept Trinity around, and cut Deontay. But, you know, that's all in the past now. Can only move forward. It does surprise me, though, that for all of the versatility and utility and the draft pedigree that Freeman has, that a college free agent, no-namer like McCrary, was worth more on that roster to George Payton and company than Royce. Very, very curious. So this dude better bring it. You know, better bring some thunder. Better than what was the kid they just cut, Stevie something. Stevie Scott. Scott, I mean, come on Legend. now. Uh, real quick, guys, much more to get to. We got a ton to break down tonight, including figuring out what's on y'all's mind, right? We want to hear what the chat has to think about these moves. So get your comments, get your supers in, get your stars in. And, Zach, speaking of stars and Facebook, here's a quick update on our goals on our Facebook page. We have added some more super subscribers, uh, supporters, Trying to come up with a cool catch name for it on Facebook. For, for now, let's just say supporters. 
Really appreciate that, guys. We're trying to get to 250 on Facebook and meet more and more people each and every day are signing up. When we reach our goal of 250 subscribers on Facebook, we're going to give away, raffle off a some some Mile High Huddle swag, plus a couple little pieces of uh, Bronco memorabilia that is fan uh, made that has been sent in to me that, trust me, I'll, I'll, I'll show it here in the next couple of days, but it is dope. It is dope. And guys, what you get when you become a subscriber on Facebook, it's five bucks a month, but then you get in return access to our premium VIP podcast content, which includes on Sundays, Kelberman's Corner at noon, hot takes that hold water. Broncos Book Club on Saturday with yours truly and the Trickle Zone on Saturday. So you get a little something-something in return, and you help to keep the lights on here at MHH Central. Relative, Zach, to our Von Miller goal. When we reach 500,000 stars on Facebook, we're going to raffle off a Von Miller jersey and a very, very special MHH memento to go in your man cave or for our ladies out there, your fan cave, that I promise you guys will really, really dig. We're already at 91%, Zach. We weren't sure when we first launched the goal if it was even feasible to try and get there before the season opener, but I'm calling it now. We are going to get there before September 12th. We're 91% of the way there, and the people who are in the running for that raffle are only those who contributed to the 500,000 goal. Thankfully, Facebook helps us keep track of that, all right? The more someone has starred, look at it like this, gang. The more they've starred, the more you star, the more tickets you have in the raffle hat, which improves your odds of winning the raffle. Here's the leaderboard. Randy Jones has leapfrogged Zeus McPeak. I mean, this is a slobber knocker because Zeus had, Zach, like a 25-30K lead over the next, you know, the the number two. Randy has leapfrogged him. This is Auburn, Alabama right here. Indeed. It's a heavyweight throwdown. Zeus at two, Andrew Lampy at three, Michael Ronquillo at four, Howie Frickin' Day at frickin' five, Travis Weber at six, Simon Weeby at seven, Travis Tarbox at eight, Gary Leeds Palmer, the legend himself, at nine, and Andrew Baker at ten. And then you can see the names that are just outside the top ten, but they're, uh, they're sneaking in. They're threatening. So thanks to each and every one of you. We will update where the stars stand a few different times in tonight's chat for tonight and we'll also keep an eye out for your star comments and questions um in tonight's broadcast real quick connect with us on twitter at huddle pod at mile high huddle check out the merch store huddle get your swag on get a hat get a t-shirt support the cause also follow my partner zach kelberman on twitter at kelberman nfl myself at chad and jensen and then kindly follow our facebook page <clears throat> easy open up the app on your phone <clears throat> pardon me search huddle up podcast Give us a like, give us a follow. And then, guys, one last thing we got to add, Zach, to our matters of business. We need y'all. I mean, we've got about 18,000 people or so. It it kind of uh, flexes back and forth depending on where you're at in the calendar. Right now we have about 18,000 people who enjoy this show every day as an on-demand podcast. They're not in the live stream. They're listening on Apple Pods or Spotify or iHeart. Our Apple people, we need you to leave five-star reviews. We're going to start raffling off some swag to people who leave reviews each and every month on Apple. So open up your uh, app on your phone, find us, give us a five star and it enters you into that drawing. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and Hey guys, if you think we're doing a good job here, share the video out there, help us grow, help us reach new like-minded Broncos fans, just like you, Zach, pardon me. That was a little bit of a long winded matters of business here. So let's get to um, the chat and see what's on everybody's mind. Get things flowing on the content side here. 
Well, Chad, let me just say I was today years old when I realized that Fan Cave is a female man cave. You kind of blew my mind there. If that's yeah, what it is. you know, I mean, you're, I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, I wish there was a cooler way to say it for the ladies in our community. I mean, man cave rhymes with man rhymes with fan, so you know it's easy. But I think Fan Cave is actually cooler. Clam. To be to be honest, better than Fan Cave. So or um, man cave. All right, let me see here. Um, do you see Lord Deer? Because this this the chat just did a jump here. Lord Deer. Here, I wish just, I did. Oh, sorry. Throw that one back up. Here's Lord Deer. Thank you, uh, Lord Deer. Appreciate you up in Canada. Definitely, I see the difference in a GM that was groomed for years. Elway did his best, but uh, best he could, but he didn't work the roster like this. Go Broncos! I don't know about that last thing. I mean, Broncos always were working the roster. Yeah. But I do like the moves that Peyton is making for the most part. I mean, there's a couple things I could pick nits in. But really, the only thing that I, I can point to right now and go, really, dude, as far as personnel, acquisition, or you know, cuts, was the decision with Philip Lindsay. But that's ancient history. Zach, I think he's he's proven that, yeah, being in that number two chair in, in Minnesota for as long as he did, my dude learned a thing or two. Yeah, I'm the big George Payton guy. I mean, look, look at my – uh, pin tweet, for example, I'm, I'm a big, big George Payton guy, but can we let one game go by before we start crowning him as the roster master? Like you said, Chad, I think he's made a couple moves. He hasn't been perfect. He's been criticizable. If that's not a, I'm not, that's, that's not a word, but it's going to be a word tonight. And uh, let's just let one game play out. And we have people like Andrew Morrow hopping in 999 Super. Thank you, Andrew. And Peyton, I trust, stocking up that draft pool, possibly to be used with a future package deal to move up to draft for a quarterback. Never know. Got my T-shirt. Thanks, guys. Pick coming soon. Any fantasy news? Real quick, Chad, I'm going to get to the fantasy. I'm glad you brought that up, Andrew. Um, I'm in the process right now. Everyone who's reached out to me, we pretty much have the league mapped out. It's going to be a 14-team league. But, guys, I'm going to have to accept payment by Venmo. So if you don't have Venmo, I encourage you to get on that so you can transfer payment. More details will be coming soon on that. I will be contacting the entrance individually with payment information. So that's the announcement tonight, Andrew. All right. So in Peyton, I trust that component stocking up from Andrew here. Uh, the draft pool possibly to be used with a future package deal to move up to draft a quarterback. You never know. Yeah, I mean, Andrew, look, the Broncos signaled that they're moving off the uh, Drew Locke position as far as it being like plausible that he could still be their long-term answer. They told you everything you need to know on that front by having Teddy be the, the starter. So they live and die by Teddy in the short term. If the Broncos go on to have a plus 500 season, I still think Zach, they draft a quarterback next year. If they end up unfortunately having yet another losing season, I think that's when you'll see Peyton, move some mountains to get up high in the draft as best he can. Depending on where they finish, it might not be that hard. Um, but, yeah, they're drafting a quarterback next year, I think, come hell or high water. I do, too. I just – if they're going to move up for a quarterback, there's a fifth or seventh rounder is not going to do anything. That would require right. first-round picks, second-round picks, maybe third-round picks. So they made that trade because they deemed it good value. And you can look at it one way, which I think is true. They got better value for Trinity Benson – than the Jaguars got for Garner Minshew. If you want to look at it that way, I think it's a good trade for the Broncos. That's true. That's true. And George Payton, man, wheeling and dealing, like you saw during the uh, draft, right, with the the Broncos, you know, website, the cameras and whatnot, telling 
how he dealt with fellow GMs across the, across these yeah. different uh, potential deals and whatnot. Diamond Rattler, good to see you. Thank you for the super chat, my friend. He's like, I got a deal. Click. I am going to be rocking that medallion at the meet and greet September 26th at Mile High Stadium. So hopefully I we get a chance to see you there. So really appreciate you. Uh, Muhammad Badri, freaking love you, bro. He says the CEO and the dragon in the house. And then hashtag Dylan is the man. Dylan is the man. He's been doing a lot of heavy lifting for us now for a while, uh, helping to moderate the chat on YouTube. And we really do appreciate Dylan and everything he does. Um, all right. So real quick. Here's a, here's a good question that I want to grab from KB. This is Kenneth Booker. This is a former superstar that skyrocketed out of the community and onto MHH staff as a staff writer, but he's currently enjoying himself across the Placid Pacific in Hawaii, where many of our superstars that hang their hat. KB, I'm, I'm a little bit jelly right now. I wish I was in Hawaii enjoying that water and all the fun things I'm seeing you post on social media, but he says, what's up, fellas? Oh, he's back in town. Yeah. One question. If Denver's O-line ranks top 10, what's Teddy's limit? Can he be a 25-touchdown, 3,500-yard guy? If so, what's the team's limit? Zach, if you want to start on this one. Anything I say is going to be held against me as Teddy Slander. I just Even if the offensive line was top one in the NFL, there's only so much you can do with his arm talent or lack thereof. I mean, some of you were acting like just because he doesn't turn the ball over, even though he does quite a bit, that he's going to be this magical step up at quarterback that the Broncos haven't had since Peyton. And it might be where he's better than Drew Locke in his bad moments, but look at him with New Orleans. I'm pretty sure they were a top 10 off offensive line. I know he went 5-0 and as a starter, but there were other components that led to that. So it can only help the Broncos, obviously, if they have a good front five. But I think if the O-line cracked that ranking, it would benefit the running game more than it would the quarterback. And if, and they work in Sapactico. If the running game gets going and they have a top 10 O-line and they have a top 10 running game, they're going to have a top 15 quarterback. And if they have a top 15 quarterback, they're going to the playoffs. That I definitely agree with. And KB, I got something to add to that. But real quick, want to shout out everyone who's throwing up stars on Facebook tonight. Michael at 1,500. Claude at 1,400. Howie, 1,000. Albert Knoppers. Dude, thank you, my friend. Albert is a really good friend of ours. And uh, looking forward to seeing you uh, in just a few weeks now, man. We're already in September. That's a trip. Andrew Lampy, thank you, brother. Gary Leeds Palmer. Travis Tarbox. We'll keep an eye out for your questions and comments in the chat game. Um, my answer for KB real quick here, and I think it's a very interesting topic. If all the stars align, what's the limit? What's the ceiling, right? And as I've said on this show multiple times uh, since even before Teddy was crowned the starter, if the stars are ever going to align for Teddy Bridgewater in the NFL, and by that I mean if he's ever going to fulfill or satisfy those expectations he had uh, as a as a high school prep kid coming out of Miami, going to Louisville, and then becoming a first-round pick in the league, making a Pro Bowl two years into his career before that grievous knee injury, if he's ever going to get back to that kind of trajectory that a lot of people thought he would be on, this is where it's going to happen because the conditions really are flattering and favorable. I mean, you've got a who's-who list of stud-wide receivers. you got Noah Fant. you got Albert Okawebunum at tight end. Plus, you've got a truly dynamic stable of backs. And then, KB, you throw in a, an offensive line in your scenario that's in the top 10. What could hold Teddy back? Nothing but Teddy. Teddy's right. the only thing that could hold Teddy back. And you know what? He's got an NFL-caliber arm. And by that, I simply mean he's good enough with his arm 
to make the throws you need him to make. That's not so much the issue. Does he have a strong arm per se? Not really. That's not Teddy's bag. The problem for Teddy isn't so much does he have the arm strength, Zach. It's does he have that swashbuckling, gunslinger, aggressive attitude when the opportunity knocks. And a lot of people I've talked to since the Broncos acquired Teddy uh, who have covered him in the past. And, you know, I picked a lot of people's brain and they said, hey, great leader, dynamic personality. You know, he's magnetic, very smart, great game manager. But sometimes you will pull your hair out when you watch all 22 film because he'll take the check down or he'll take the eight-yard curl when he had a guy with, you know, two feet of separation running a nine route down the left sideline with no help over the top if he just took the chance and uncorked. So does Teddy end up having a paradigm shift, Zach, to match the vast array of talent? That's really the question. I was going to say also coaching can and probably will hold Teddy back as well if they're not calling plays conducive to the Broncos' weapons, if they're not using KJ Hamler, getting him open deep, if they're not utilizing Noah Fan, ignoring him. That's going to hurt Teddy or any quarterback that would play for Denver. He also, Teddy, doesn't have a rushing floor or a ceiling for that matter. In this offense, he's not much of a scrambler. He can buy, like we saw in the touchdown pass in the finale, he can buy some time, but this is a guy who... I have it right here. He took 31 sacks last year. In his Pro Bowl season of 2015, he actually took 44 sacks, a career high. And that was when he was, and that's obviously six years ago, he was more mobile, different quarterback. So he's he, he is also prone to getting hit in the backfield. And I think good offensive line obviously will make everyone in the Broncos offense better. But again, Teddy is his own worst enemy on his own, regardless of any other factor. Last thing here real quick, and then we'll grab Travis. Teddy with 17 games, 3,500 yards is is uh, freaking given. You should be able to get 3,500 yards even if all you had on offense was freaking Trinity Benson. I mean, it's 17 games. He threw for 3,700 last year. so. And that was his career high. Yeah. Prior to that, his career high was that Pro Bowl year, 3,200 yards, yeah. 14 touchdowns. Last year, career high in touchdowns as well with 15. So can he get there? Yes, but he has to really – his paradigm needs to shift, I think, a little bit to really to really get there. Uh, real quick, before we grab Rocco, uh, Travis wanted to know – I think I, I – think it. oh, here he wanted to know. Thank you, Travis Weber. He said, was uh, today's moves and the acquisition of the linebacker from the Niners, Jonas Griffith, uh, all for special teams? Um, pretty yeah. much, with the exception of – Shamar, and by the way, I figured this out yesterday, Zach, hearing George Payton talk about him and use his name. It is not Shamar Stephen, as we have been saying. It's Shamar Stephen. So aside ah, from Shamar Stephen I don't like and, that. Uh, and Cam Fleming, uh, yeah, pretty much. Like but uh, that 49ers linebacker, man, Griffith, he's actually pretty interesting. The more research I've done, Eric Trickle has, has gone down the rabbit hole on him. He's an interesting player, Zach, but uh, yeah, it's mostly third phase um, fail safes. And it's amazing how far, you know, Peyton has overarched in the last 48 hours to appease Tom McMahon and by virtue appease Vic Fangio, who called out Tom McMahon. I mean, I don't know when the Broncos are going to learn. It's not necessarily the players. They've tried this three years now. It's the scheme and it's the coaching. So God help them. Godspeed that side of the ball. Rocco 420. It's great to see you, my friend. Um, by the way, if you're on Twitter, Rocco, now that I think about it, I think we are connected on Twitter, but I'm not 100% sure. So do one of these in the mentions tonight so that we can make sure to tag you when we shout you out. 
He says, we are just a breath away from the Giants game, and I feel with this roster, we have the best potential since Super Bowl 50. The excitement is intoxicating. My dude is like tipsy off the excitement. No, that's cool, brother. Seriously. This is the time of the year across the whole fruited plane for optimism and excitement and all that. And I don't think you're too far off the mark, Rocco, to say this is the deepest roster this team has had since hoisting the Lombardi. It really is going to boil down, Zach, to two things, Teddy and coaching. And by the way, it sounds like the Giants are probably not going to have Evan Ingram, their tight end, for that game. They might not have Saquon Barkley for that game. Um, I'm calling it right now, 1-0. I've got one here from Andrew Lampy. Thank you for the stars, brother. Uh, he says, are you guys worried about wide receiver depth? They're basically going with four wideouts. Um, yeah, so that was a little bit of a shocker. I mean, we knew they when we did our, our kind of, you know, on-the-fly 53-man <clears throat> roster prediction Monday night, Zach, we were like, Deontay, flip a coin, nah. But for whatever reason, Deontay has some love in that uh, locker room and in that building. They like Deontay Spencer. I'm not worried about depth whatsoever. None at all, because if someone gets banged up, right, you miss a little time. If two, I mean, really, you would need two guys to get banged up to even start really tripping on it. But if that were to happen, Zach, you've got Seth Williams on the squad, you got Tyree Cleveland on the squad, and oh. you've got Kendall Hinton on the squad. So there's some depth there that you can, you know, with with the practice squad rules. A quick reminder: you can promote a practice squatter to the active game day roster, two guys per game but then you have to send them right back down. But the caveat, Zach, is you can only do that with a player twice. If you do it a third time, you can still call them up on a game day the third time, but instead of just sending them back to the squad, you actually have to submit them or expose them to waivers. So either way, I think the Broncos are going to be just fine a wide receiver, Andrew. Well, I'm not sitting here chewing off my fingernails, but think about it. Cortland Sutton's coming off a season-ending injury. KJ Hamler is susceptible to hamstring injuries, let's be honest there. Tim Patrick was banged up in training camp. They're one injury away from a, a strength becoming a weakness, and I don't think Seth Williams is going to win you a game. I don't think Tyree Cleveland is going to win you a game. The only saving grace here from getting rid of Benson is it sounds like, and even Vic Fangio, Vic Fangio George Payton admitted, more receivers are on the way. And I don't know if he meant just Tyree Cleveland and the players that he cut, but it sounds like maybe going forward they might pick up a player that was on somebody else's roster. Uh, they have a great you know, foursome at receiver, probably the deepest or one of the deepest in the league. But if one injury strikes, that foursome becomes a, a threesome. Yes, indeed. Let's, uh, let's, knock on, <laughs> let's knock on wood. <clears throat> Pardon me. Howie freaking day. What up, dude? Thank you for the stars, brother. He says, I can't wait for the season to start. I like keeping uh, Johnson, but why Benson? Ha <laughs> ha. CB Johnson. I'm trying to think. Johnson, CB Johnson. You got Jamar Johnson, the safety. It's got to be Jamar, yeah. He means and then safety, you got not linebacker Alexander, who was never in doubt. But, uh, yeah, they gave Johnson a shot. And, hey, I didn't see anything. I didn't really study the third game as far as the film goes, the Rams game. But I'll tell you what, Eric Trickle, he was impressed with Jamar Johnson's preseason finale performance for what it's worth. Same. So that's encouraging. Yeah, how do you like P.J. Locke making the final roster? Very mm-hmm. happy for him. The Broncos went a little heavy there. Trey Marshall got cut, and guess where he ended up? In the AFC West. He's with the Chargers now. So, yep. LA, baby. We'll see him soon. LA, we've got a super chat here from a legendary superstar, 
Seth Harmon. What's good, Seth? Who leads the team in interceptions this year, Zach? Simmons. He had multiple ones in training camp. He had he had at least did he have two in the in the preseason? I know he had one. He had one. He, he okay, had one went right to him. I'm thinking of training camp then. I mean, it's either going to be Kyle Fuller to me at cornerback or Simmons at safety. They're going to be a ball hawking group though. It might be PS2, but if you held a gun to my head, force me to bet on it, I'm going with Simmons. For what it's worth, <clears throat> I mean, we're when we predicted the roster, Zach we predicted that the Broncos would keep both P.J. Locke and Jamar Johnson, which they did. We also predicted that they would keep at wide receiver everyone that they did with the exception of Trinity Benson, which they traded him. So we, we predicted Deontay to stick. We predicted Trinity to stick, and he did in a sense because they kept him and then parlayed that into draft capital. So five guys at wide receiver, we'll see how that hands out for the team ronnie appreciate you ronnie he says typically after the preseason it's concluded and the 53 is set uh some guys change jersey numbers before game one do you see anyone changing jersey numbers not that i've heard zach um but yeah because so many of the guys they cut are still on the team right we can go through in fact maybe we should do that real quick here the practice squad um, but usually that's, you know, it's when people actually get cut and don't come back, then the numbers available to the guys on the roster and you'll see changes, but not, not too many actually ended up who got cut, I think had numbers that were in any way, shape or form coveted. Well, I don't like this new NFL numbering system where any player can wear any number. I will say, though, obviously two looks great on PS2, and one looks really good on KJ Hamler. The only gripe I have is 13. I think he should change that number immediately. That's a that's either a good quarterback number or, a, you know, Very a good weird. receiver number. Yeah, or, or if, the, you know, they can even wear that number as a receiver back in the day, but I don't like it for Michael O. Zeus McPeak flexing from on high. If you squint through the clouds... You'll see the first face etched on MHH Mount Rushmore is none other than Zeus McPeak. Love you, bro. Thank you so much for everything you do for us. Helping to keep the lights on, baby. Using a catchphrase that Zach has um, been known for over the years, coaching, coaching, coaching. Yes, sir. That's, That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing combined with, you know, is this the year the stars really do align for Teddy? If those things fall into place, even on a even modestly, Zach, if they fall into place, and that, and like you said, like if Teddy gives them a top fifteen uh, body of work, and the coaches just don't botch it in the fourth quarter, like Big Fangio making bad decisions with the clock or timeouts or whatever, and Pat Shermer figures out how to scheme to his guys' strengths, you could see some cool stuff happen for this team. Just get out of your own way. Just stay out of the way and let the players win the game for you. And, you know, Stu, I really appreciate the shout there. And it's I've been saying it, like you said, Chad, for years now. It doesn't really matter the quarterback. It doesn't matter the players. It's that the Broncos have had terrible coaching from VJ and now Vic Fangio. And until that changes, it really won't matter. I just hope that it changes now and not before it's too late. Dale, let not your heart be troubled, brother. We're going to grab you next. I just want to read off here so everyone knows who the practice squad guys are. So you can roster in the NFL now up to 16 players on the practice squad. Broncos announced a 14-man practice squad earlier today, and unless there's been any other developments on that front uh, since we've been live, here's the 14 guys. All of them, to a man, were on the 80-man roster. Quinn Bailey, the tackle. Sean Byer, the tight end. Tyree Cleveland, the wideout. 
Damaria Crock at the running back, Nate Hairst in the corner, Drew Himmelman, offensive tackle, Kendall Hinton, wide out, Mac McKinney, corner, Curtis Robinson, off ball linebacker, Brett Rippin, quarterback, Austin Schlotman, not Schlotman, although he'll let it pass. You say Schlot, he'll let it pass, but it's Schlot. Marquise Spencer, defensive end, rookie seventh round pick. Barrington Wade, the off-ball linebacker, also a rookie. And Seth Williams, the wide receiver, Zach. So there's your uh, practice squad, which, you know, for guys who were a little bit concerned about, hey, you've really only got four bona fide wide receivers, look, you got Cleveland, you got Hinton, you got Williams uh, in your bullpen. Is it too homeristic of me to say the Broncos can field a pretty decent team with their with these players that they cut and some of the guys they brought back on the practice squad? It is at least assuring that if a player goes down at one spot, let's say Cam Fleming goes down at backup tackle, you have Quinn Bailey. You know, if a running back goes down, you have Crockett. You have Robinson, an inside linebacker. You have Hinnit wide receiver Seth Williams. So it's really good the, problem, the Broncos had more players than they can keep. It was a good problem to have, and then the players they brought back uh, can provide even more depth. Pardon me. All right. Let me uh, find Dale here again. We There he is. Dale Root in the house. Another legendary superstar. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you. He says, KB's numbers for Teddy. 25 touchdowns, 3,500 yards, or what I predicted for Locke before Teddy was even on the team. With the improvement I've seen from Locke this year, I could have seen a 4K and 30 touchdown season, but it doesn't matter now. Hashtag Fangio scared to lose. Yeah, it doesn't matter now. That's out the window. In fact, I had to have a conversation with our graphics guy today. Hey, uh, all of our social media banners that have Drew on it and stuff, like, dude's not on the field, right? So we need to do an update on some of our stuff. Drew's just, he's not in the equation. I mean, he's on the team, don't get me wrong, but look, man, you don't center your sites, um, you know, social media designs and whatnot around a guy holding the clipboard or that's not going to be on the field. So, hey, it, it is what it is. Everyone throw in with Teddy because if the stars align, man, this this defense, this running game, this O-line, Zach, this wide receiving core, it's pretty formidable. I was going to say, it's been nice the last couple podcasts, Chad. I'm sure you agree, not dissecting every single word or every single pass of the quarterbacks or predicting who's going to start or reveling in the decision. It's really nice to talk about the Broncos roster because outside of quarterback, this team is the most talented since SB50. This team will stack wins this year, and this team, I believe, will flirt with a 10-win season. So, guys, buck up if you're a Drew Locke fan. Get on the Teddy Bridgewater bandwagon. Let's go to work. It's crazy to think now that a double-digit win season, a 10-win season, is akin to what a 9-7 and seven season used to be back in the day. Just good enough to have you basically a little over 500. Claude, what's good, bro? Good to see you. Thank you for the stars. He says, I'm sad to see Royce not pan out in Denver. I watched him play in high school, and he was truly a sight to see. A great kid with great family, best running back the Imperial Tigers ever had. Go Broncos. Yeah, it's always a bummer, man, when you see a original draft pick uh, be shown the door before their rookie deal is, you know, expired or whatever. And, you know, it just was a bad break for Royce because he was um, gifted the starting job as a rookie. You know, I mean, he had to justify it, but he was handed the starting job over Devontae Booker. Philip Lindsay wasn't even a factor yet. Like, Philip Lindsay did enough to basically justify making the 53, and that was an, an achievement of itself 
And then Zach, game one, he goes out and has 100 yards from scrimmage, does Philip Lindsay against the Seahawks, catches a touchdown, and everyone's like, oh, this who's this Lindsay cat? He's, he's pretty dope. I mean, Colorado people knew who he was, but people at large. Meanwhile, Royce, you know, he actually looked good. First seven games of the season, he was the starter. He was averaging north of five yards per clip. And then he had that high ankle sprain against the Houston Texans in week seven. It was a wrap. And um, that cracked the door open just this much for Phil. And then Phil just freaking yeah. kicked it wide open, went on a romp coming out of that bye where he went on three consecutive wins. For, Broncos won three straight, got Vance Joseph back into the playoff hunt for a second with Case Keenum. Philip Lindsay, 100 yards, 150 yards, 130 yards, multiple touchdowns. I mean, he became the sensation sh- shortly in the wake of Royce's high ankle sprain, and it just never looked back, right? Royce came back year two, and he was the clear number two because Philip Lindsay was a pro bowler, 1,000-yard rusher and all that. Just never recovered. He went, Zach, from number two last year to number three, this year to number four. So it's better for Royce to go somewhere else. Like he, for what unfortunately wore out his welcome here, wasn't in the cards, but I think he's going to land on his feet because, you know, he's he's a pretty versatile, well-balanced, rounded uh, player that teams, I think, can use. I think he has a spot waiting for him with the Rams or with the Ravens. Both teams need running backs, and I think in a Sean McVay system, I think he would thrive better there. But the evolution of the Broncos' backfield, I tweeted about this today. It, it is quite interesting. Royce was number one in 2018, number two in 2019, number three in 2020, and now he's off the roster. And in one single offseason, George Payton remade the entire Broncos' backfield. Now they have Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, Nate McCrary, and Mike Boone. No Philip Lindsay, no no De- uh, Devontae Booker, who was there back in the day, and now no Royce Freeman. So I thought it's interesting that they went in a completely different direction. I'll always remember Royce for one play, though, Chad. I think it was 2018. It was against Kansas City, and it was, I think it was like a toss play or something in space. And they had him dead to rights, like six defenders around him. And he bulldozed his way into the end zone. It was an incredible play. And I thought to myself, wow, the Broncos really do have something here. It's a shame it never worked out. Yeah, that was the game that the Broncos were one too far, sailed it just Oh, that was that game, the DT pass. Yep, that was that game. Oh, my God. Broncos would have beat the Chiefs if Case Keenum hits a wide open Demarius Thomas down the right sideline. That was the game. All right. Update on tonight's top star senders, the leaderboard. Howie freaking day at the top. Love you, buddy. Michael, love you. Travis, love you. Claude, you the man. Andrew, you the man. Zeus, throwing up some freaking stars, throwing up super chats. Appreciate you, uh, Stu. Albert Knoppers, love you. Leaf, Gary, Brad, Kellen, each and every one of you, much love to you. Thank you. We'll do another update at least one more time before we uh, dip on out of here tonight. And we're at 38 minutes, so you know we've, we've got a little time here. Um, let me take a look in, in the chat here and just kind of see where uh, where the conversation is here. Let's grab Travis Weber. I got to thinking today, and not knocking our Broncos, but since Elway, maybe Jay Cutler, Denver really hasn't taken time to develop a quarterback. And before Elway stepped down from the GM role that we were in the direction in the youth movement, and I accepted it. Yeah, you can. It's true. I mean, Mike Shanahan definitely committed to Cutler early as a rookie, benched Jake Plummer, and then went through the sacrifices that most of the time, I mean, hey, the Justin Herberts and the Mahomeses and the Lamar Jacksons of the world, 
those are the exceptions to the rule. Most of the time, even a highly touted first round quarterback, you're going to have to go through some serious growing pains. And as an organization, it's not that you don't try to win. It's not that you don't accept losing. It's that you realize as this dude gets time on task and live bullet experience, we're probably going to have to make some sacrifices. And the Broncos did that under Shanahan. They were willing to do that in 07, right? Jay Cutler, uh, that was also the year that he ended up not, he was very sick that year, didn't know why, lost a ton of weight, and they ended up finding out after the season that he was type 2 diabetic, got him what he needed for treatment, and then he bounced back in 08 with a Pro Bowl year. Then he got traded. But that second year, Broncos went, I want to say, 7-9 and nine in 07. And, you know, it was unacceptable because they missed the playoffs the year prior after making it three years in a row all the way up to the AFC title game. So fans were starting to get a little antsy. And then, man, Jay Cutler started hot in 08. Broncos jumped out to an AFC West lead and then lost the final three games. And then Shanahan was fired. And you're right, Travis. Zach, I'll throw this back to you now. Since that time, the Broncos have never truly committed to – they've drafted – several quarterbacks in the top two rounds, Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, Drew Locke, but they've not actually committed to the at times painful process and the sacrifices you must endure to truly develop a franchise caliber guy. And also Tim Tebow. I, I was going to say, it's it's not that they haven't drafted quarterbacks. It's that they drafted the wrong quarterbacks. 2016, they gave Paxton Lynch a chance. He got beat out by Trevor Simeon. 2017, they gave Paxton Lynch another chance, tried to develop him a little more. He got beat out by Trevor Simeon. They drafted Drew Locke in 2019. But I think in between that time, Elway vacillated between, do I gamble on a, a, a young quarterback? Can I develop one? Can my coaches develop one? Or am I better served plugging in a veteran quarterback? And that's where you saw the Case Keenums. That's where you saw the Joe Flaccos. And that's even now you're seeing with Teddy Bridgewater's So I I think they had the right idea and the wrong approach and the wrong players. Honestly, I still think it all boils down to Elway's misguided belief after 2015 that this team was one middle-of-the-road quarterback away from winning it all again, and that really governed everything relative to the quarterback decisions this team has made. And this year, I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, if Vic Fangio is not in a win or you're fired scenario, maybe they hang it. That maybe they give it one last try with Drew, and I think they should have because you could have always gone to Teddy at any point. Wouldn't have been a problem, but they opted to really throw in in the now and try and win today. Hey, uh, forget about tomorrow. We're worried about today, and that's that's where we're at. So uh, Travis wants to know. Uh, curious was us bringing back Cameron Fleming. To the practice squad. He's not on the thing. practice squad. Yeah, he's not on the practice squad, brother. Um, the reason he was cut and then re-signed along with Shamar Stefan was so that they didn't have to guarantee their salary for the whole year. Because if you're a vested veteran right. and you make a roster out of camp, all right, you're not among that final wave of cuts, then your contract is guaranteed for the year. Or your salary, pardon me. Your salary is guaranteed for the year. But So teams get around that with certain guys by cutting them in the final wave when they bring them in to say, we're going to cut you, they say, hey, look, we, we do value you, uh, you know, because they don't have to go through waivers. Vested veterans don't pass through waivers. And so they say, hey, look, if you can hold the fort for one day, we're going to cut you. We're going to bring you back tomorrow. Uh, and guys just know the score. They know why. They just don't want to have to be tied to that person's salary guaranteed for the year because they're viewed as, you know, bottom of their depth charts, but just valuable enough, Zach, to bring back. 
Yeah, I think you can even read into this a little and, and say that Peyton might have realized his mistake with Fleming. He signed him to a contract, Chad, that was north of $3 million and included $1 million guaranteed. And I would much rather have given that money to literally any other young tackle coming out of the draft, any other young tackle that was recently released. Fleming has been a bum no matter where he's been in the NFL. It's not going to change now. And I'll say this one more time. We have to hope and pray to the football gods. Bobby Massey stays healthy. Kellen, hey, appreciate you, buddy. He says, hey, guys, first time throwing a shout-out your way. Love the podcast and all the content you put out. Keep up the great uh, – keep up the work. Wish the <laughs> Let Him Hate shirt could have been worn <clears throat> more than once. Hey, you never know, man. You never know. You still can wear it. Um, All right, let me see where we're at. We're at 44 minutes. By the way, shout-out to Michael, Travis, all you guys. Love you. Uh, Mr. Ronch, what's up, buddy? Good to see you. When will the organization have a unified vision? It seems like everyone has their own agenda at the player's expense. Well, this year is a weird outlier, guys, because you have a first-year GM with a lame duck head coach foisted upon him. So I get why you feel that way. But so far, um, I would say that George Payton and Vic Fangio have been unified. You know, George Payton, if he really wanted Locke to start, like if Elway was squeezing Peyton, Peyton would have squoze Vic. Took strong arm Drew. Didn't happen. Peyton's, hey, Vic says it's going to be Teddy. All right, it's going to be Teddy. But I get what you're saying, Zach. I think the bottom line on this is it's going to be a question until the wins come back again and or unless new ownership takes over. Do you know how I know that Fangio and Peyton are united, at least on a professional level? The draft. Taking Patrick Sertan over a quarterback or not trading for Rodgers or Deshaun or whoever else, not acquiring a veteran and giving Vic Fangio a precious new toy for his secondary that he really arguably did not need after already bringing in two cornerbacks in the offseason. So I do think they're united, but it's also a win-now business. It's also a business at its core, and Peyton's going to do what's best for the Broncos not what's best for Vic Fangio. They can work together now and get by for 2021, but if the results aren't there, any friendship comes secondary to the business. Well said. Andrew Baker says, I'd love to win the raffle, but all my love goes to MHH and the community. I was once I once was lost, but now I'm found. Yes, you are, my brother, and we're glad that we found you. You're, you're freaking phenomenal. Uh, James Richard, or is it Richard? I don't know. I'm going to say... James Richard. Thank you, buddy. Connect with us on Twitter. A newer name, Zach, that I don't recognize on Super welcome. Chat. So welcome. Thank you for the support. Connect on Twitter. He says, Locke has to be the guy. If he's already at Bridgewater's level, even if it's slightly under, you go with the young guy. He needs those reps. Hey, bro, you're uh, you're not only preaching to the converted, you're preaching to the priests on this, right? You guys know how we feel on this topic. But yeah. it's one of those scenarios of crying over spilt milk. You can't get the milk back in the jug. You can't get the toothpaste back in the tube. We warned against this whole thing. And we pray, seriously, we hope Teddy proves us wrong in terms of, hey, he, Broncos go out and, and field a dominating team that is a factor in the AFC. You know, they could be a juggernaut. They're, the talent is there for this team to be a juggernaut, but we're always going to wonder what could have been with Drew yeah. if they would have given him one last swing at the plate. But, you know, the way I'm looking at it, 
the Broncos are in good hands. God forbid something happens to Teddy. Drew Locke proved that, at least in the preseason, he proved that he can step in and he looks like a more developed quarterback, and I think they'll be in good hands regardless. But Chad's right. It's time to let go of the hate, no pun intended, and get on the Bridgewater bandwagon. He's the Broncos' starting quarterback, and I think we both think they're going to have a good season with his leadership. Hey, Rose, what's going on, buddy? Good to see you. Thank you for the super. He says, I just wanted to say what's up, fellas, and go Broncos. Hey, right back at you, brother. Appreciate you. Um, shout no. out here to, to Michael Perkins on Facebook. What are you seeing? No, JT. That's not going to – Whoops. That's not going to work, JT. <laughs> Ted him hate. Ted him hate. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, throw a three it was in good. there, right? On the yeah. knees. Or a five. Ted him hate. Hey, I don't know. That's kind of grown on me in just like 10 seconds <laughs> since I heard it for the first time. Oh, man. Eddie Vasquez, another legendary superstar. He comes, he goes, he comes back. We still love him. We love him. Yep. He says, I need to set my reminders, shake my head. My bad. Y'all working light shifts. Uh, I'm working light shifts now. Just drop it in. I appreciate y'all always coming through, always there when I need you. Denver Broncos for life, Broncos country. Yeah, dude. Hey, it's not hard to uh, – you don't have to guess when MHH is going to be streaming. Right, we go seven nights a week. Every night, baby. Six PM Mountain to seven PM Mountain, and then you've also got two drive time morning shows a week. Broncos for breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy Tuesdays and Thursdays. Although this week it was a little off because they rescheduled Tuesday for Wednesday, so this week it's Wednesday Thursday. But that's nine free open podcasts for anyone and everyone to listen to. Plus. We do our premium VIP pods for the Facebook supporters on weekends. So all in, Zach, it's like 12 different shows per week. We, we work hard, but you guys are the reason why we work hard. If you weren't supporting us the way that you do, we wouldn't be able to do the content and provide it for you the way that we do. So much love. Seth says, the Chadisms are strong tonight. I don't know what I've said. I don't, I don't think there's been anything too clever on my part. What did I say? Anything describing Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, getting the toothpaste back in the tube, the cork back go. in the wine there bottle. Right. Uh, James, again, thank you, James. The greatest thing that can happen for Denver this year is if Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb finally get a full year together. Damn. Yeah, that was, dude. I mean, we, we got a glimpse of that in 2018, and the duo produced 26 and a half sacks together, right? Bradley Chubb became one of, I mean, you could count it, on two hands, the number of players in NFL history who have totaled 12 or more sacks their rookie year, and you're thinking, man, Broncos got it made in the shade. Who cares that they passed on, you know, Lamar Jackson? Who cares they passed on pick the quarterback, right? Who, who Oh, Josh Allen. We got freaking Bradley Chubb, and then he suffers the ACL in year two, and then Vaughn with the ankle last year. And so, yes, stars are aligning, baby. This is what I'm talking about. So knock on wood. Pay your tithes to the football gods. Say your prayers at night because, yeah, it's going to be uh, cool to see. Well, I was watching the finale, the preseason finale, and on the first defensive play, I saw 55 and 58 on the field, and I looked down at my arm, and I noticed goosebumps. It, it's so nice to see them play together, and if they stay healthy, again, God willing, please, I think a 30-sack ceiling is not out of the question at all combined. Wombat wants to know on YouTube, if we get to 10 wins but not playoffs, does Fangio survive? Probably. Zach, 
I like I like the way you explain this because it's not the first time we've answered this question, but each and every night there's newer listeners in the chat that maybe haven't heard our perspective on this. Break it down. Yeah, I just feel like George Payton's comments uh, during the game last week were pretty revealing. He said the Broncos need to get back to being relevant. They have to come out strong. They want to win. They want to get back on the football map. And we've been saying that for years now on this podcast. So if Vic can take a team that George Payton hand hand assembled and Vic being on the hot seat, knowing that, and if he can take a team that's won at most seven games in a season since Peyton Manning retired to 10 wins, double digits, I think that earns him another year. Regardless of the playoffs, Peyton can spin that like, listen, see Broncos country, we're on the right track. Vic finally has continuity. He got his system in place, and the sky's the limit now. I would not even be surprised if they get 10 wins, no playoffs. Vic comes back with a new contract, so he's not an official lame duck for 2022. But I think double-digit wins or playoff berth is Fangio's key to returning. Getting questions on how to star on Facebook. It's pretty simple, guys. At the bottom of the screen where you would input your comment in the chat, there's a couple of different icons you can click. The green one, that's to become a supporter. You click that, it'll take you through signing up to be a supporter of MHH on Facebook. The star, you click that, and it'll walk you through uh, throwing up some stars as well. Uh, Zach Michaela wanted to know, how's our run defense? How's how's it going to be this year? And I want to answer this one because I think there's a little bit of cause for concern on my part anyway for the run defense. The off-ball linebackers, you don't really have to worry. Alexander Johnson, Josie Jewell, that was their calling card. Both of them totaled triple-digit tackles last year. You know, say what you will about their coverage chops. The one thing you cannot take away from that duo is they were great against the run. The run fits. They're just really good in that department. But – if my, here's my answer. If Mike Purcell stays healthy and on the field at nose tackle, I'm going to feel a lot better about the run. I'm a little concerned. This is the first time Draymond's been the understood starter, and that's always been the weakness to his game. He's always been a phenomenal pass rusher as an interior defensive tackle type. But as a run stuffing guy and as a run defender and setting the edge and all that stuff, it's just not been his forte. So if he takes a step in his development there – it's even less to worry about. And then Shelby, you know, he took a major step forward last year in a contract year in that department as well, but it's still not his forte. So you're talking about an aspect to two of your three defensive line starters who it's not their strong suit. It's not their calling card. It is for Purcell. So that's my concern. I still think, though, they're going to be solid just because there's so much talent on that team. Plus, you've got Vaughn and Chubb on the field, both of whom are, I mean, Vaughn himself, Everyone hypes him up for his pass rush prowess and for good reason, Zach. But he is one of the most underrated run defending edge exactly. defenders in the league. Plus, the Broncos have two inside linebackers starters that, you know, their forte is run defense. Plus, they have a starting safety in Kareem Jackson, whose forte is run defense. I understand the concerns that you have, Chad, that Michaela has. They, they were a little leaky in the preseason, but. I'm not too worried about Bill Kolar. That's the best DL coach in the business, and I have no doubt in my mind. Purcell stays healthy. He's He graded out when he was healthy in 2019 as the best run defender in the entire league. If he's healthy, they will be imposing. Then you add Draymond, you add Shelby, you add Deshaun Williams, McTelvin Ajim, Shamar Stefan in there. I mean, they're pretty deep all the way around, not just rushing the passer, but in run defense. I think they're going to be just fine. Uh, James... Hey, bro, we appreciate the super chat, but 
you don't have to throw up a super chat to correct something. And we knew what you were saying. We didn't say Nick Chubb. It's all good. He says, I feel so bad. Bradley Chubb. I said instead of uh, I, I, Nick Chubb, instead of Bradley Chubb. I feel like a traitor. My bad. Not at all, brother. Not at all. Thank you for the super, though. Whoops. I, I do want to say real quick, I threw in three stories to the side chat, guys, if you want to read them. Three that I wrote today about the Trinity Benson trade, the new running back, and the return of Cam Fleming and Shamar Steffen. So check that out if you haven't already. Guys, we got four minutes to go. Here's Howie. He says, uh, hey, guys, great show. Thank you, dog. How close is Denver's ownership dilemma? And what changes do you think will happen with new ownership? Um. I don't know, man. That one's still very much a, a gray area. I mean, based on what we've heard Joe Ellis say, it sounds like he expects some sort of a resolution by the spring of 2022. The court case between the sisters and the, t and the trust and all that, that's no longer in the wind. They settled on something. So it feels like there could be something happening. I would like to hope that the settlement was Brittany, but we'll see. Yeah, don't get your hopes up at all, guys, about a resolution this year. I think like Chad just laid out, the soonest it would happen is sometime in the spring or summer before next season in 2022. Right now, it's status quo. And of course, when we hear anything, we will pass it along. Zebulon, coming on down from freaking battling the Klingons, conquering the Romulans. Here he is in the chat. Zebulon Omega, Kevin Lind. Good to see you, buddy. He says, I support Teddy, but I'm not excited to watch him play. I hope he changes my mind. But the rest of the roster, I'm very excited to watch. Hey, man, I think Teddy gets a little bit of a bad rap because even though he's kind of boring as a quarterback, what we saw from him this summer in the preseason, dude was sharp, man, with the exception of two drives in the preseason finale. Dude was sharp. All Teddy has to do is he's got to be a point guard with a helmet on distribute the ball to the playmakers and let them do what they're going to do. Right. And I think the needle will get moved. I just want to see touchdowns. And I was so happy seeing touchdowns in the preseason. I don't care if it's a, a one-play 80-yard drive or a 15-play 80-yard drive. I just want to see six points on the board. If he can get to the end zone, I'll be a huge Teddy guy. Ted him hate. Ted him hate. I, I do like that. I do like it. All right, I'm just scrolling up real quick to see if I'm we missed anything. Um I want to do – here's one more from James, and then I'm going to do one last Facebook update, and then we'll bounce. James, thanks again, bro. What is that? Four? I think four supers tonight. You to man. Miller and Chubb stay healthy. They can plug anybody in run defense. I promise as the season goes on, those two will be amazing. Hey, bro, you don't have to tell us twice. You don't have to convince us. I mean, we saw it in 2018, and that was with Chubb going through a pretty significant – rookie learning curve so yeah i mean it's going to be exciting and it's when your backups are malik reed jonathan cooper and then you have andre mince as the number five guy i mean in a vic fangio on paper defense it's pretty exciting to think about travis we were at 91 percent to the stars goal before tonight's stream or as we got tonight's stream off the ground and so uh we'll have to wait till tomorrow to update that fully for you let me tell you where we uh, ended up finishing tonight in the stars department. We got some serious contributions, including from Randy Jones, just throwing down like a freaking boss. You know, you want to get to the next level in your video game. You got to get through Randy. All right. That's, that's what I'm talking about here. 20,000 stars padding his lead, right? 
Randy had the lead on Zeus going into tonight's stream. He had leapfrogged Zeus McPeak, who Zeus has been the clear front runner for weeks. Randy just padded his lead a little bit. Howie, thank you, bro. Michael, thank you, my friend. Travis Tarbox, Claude Riley, Andrew Lampy, Zeus McPeak, Albert Knoppers, Andrew Baker, Leaf Roebuck, Gary Leeds Palmer, Colby C. Collier, Donnie Matthews, a newer name. Welcome, Donnie. Thank you, buddy. Brad Murdoch, legend. Kellen Lowe. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate each and every one of you. And tomorrow. Uh, I think Chad just bounced, so I'm gonna keep it. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it warm, real quick. I believe Chad exited the building. Let me know in the comments, guys, if it's just me on the screen or if something happened. I think Chad's coming back. That was my bad, dude. I clicked the. Oh my god! I looked up and you were gone. Dude, I was clicking the tab and I accidentally clicked the screen. I thought I fell into a black hole. What were anyway, you we'll update it tomorrow night for the Mahon Nobody. <laughs> so sign us on out of here, brother. Well, I just wanted to say, Chad, I, I saw someone mention. Uh, Cody here says you guys should see the most likely to be bench first odds. Cody, I actually tweeted that yesterday. I don't know if you saw it on my Twitter account. It's interesting. After Andy, I think Andy Dalton's number one. Guess who number two is, according to SportsBetting.ag, as the the quarterback most likely to be bench first this season. That would be Mr. Teddy Bridgewater. Ooh, something to keep in mind. That, that might be an article. Uh, that might be worthy of an article. Yes, sir. Anyway. We're out of here tonight, guys. Thank you all for your contributions. Cody, you as well. This was the Huddle Up Podcast. And until we see you guys the next time, which is tomorrow night, be sure to follow the Huddle Up Pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, transactions, film breakdowns, and so much more. It's your one-stop shop at Mile High Huddle. Please follow Chad on Twitter at Chad N. Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. If you haven't already, guys, go to facebook.com slash Pod. Become a supporter. Big blue button. Five bucks a month. You get instant and immediate access right away to our VIP programming, which includes Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone. Really good stuff, guys. We appreciate everyone tuning into those uh, shows. Also, facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page and follow that page. If you haven't already, we mentioned it before, but leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you leave a five-star review, you get entered into a contest to win some swag from yours truly. But if you can't do any of those things, guys, we ask you to do these three things that take a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every single freaking video you see on the MHH channel helps us grow exponentially and reach more Broncos fans just like you, Chad. Thank you. Sorry to cut you off, but Colby, okay. hey man, sorry. To, uh, shout out to Colby's buddy, Tim, that passed away. Very sorry to hear that. Go Broncos indeed for Tim. Um, passed the year, oh, he passed the year before Super Bowl 50, but still, bro, that's tough. Bro. That's tough. Go Broncos for you. Go Broncos for Tim and Colby. Hey, Thanks for the support and the stars, bro. Yeah, we'll keep you your friend uh, in our prayers, Colby. We appreciate you sharing that with us. But yeah, guys, uh, that we're, it is going to do it. I hate to end on that kind of somber note. Thank you again, Colby, for your interaction with us tonight. And uh, prayers up for your uh, friend and his family. But uh, this was the Huddle Up Pod, guys. Again, subscribe, like, and share. We'll see you guys tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.